Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Danny Mac is in studio. Scoops with Danny Mac is coming up here on 101 ESPN. Good to see you. How was your weekend? I had a great weekend. I got a little too much sun, Randall and Michelle, but that's okay. That's a good weekend to have. Yeah, when you're on the sun, yeah, I got a little too much. How, that's okay, though. Uh, how many days, because if I were to try to grow a beard like you have right now, it would take me like two weeks, and it seems like it took you two days. No, this has been eight days, and it looks terrible. My I, my wife said this morning, she, you got to get rid of that thing. It looks <laughs> awful. It does. Even my kids were on me last night. They said, it looks terrible, Dad. You got to get rid of that thing. And I, I agree, it looks terrible. But I don't care because I never get to do it, so I decided to do it. You know what you need to do is get some of that uh, Keith Hernandez, Walt Flazier, Frazier, uh, Just for Men stuff. My kid said I looked like a skunk last night. <laughs> I said, Dad, you, you literally look like a skunk. Because it's, it's coming. What do you think, Michelle? It's gray or white? I would say gray, yeah. 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 It's it's not good. I mean, But I, it's not full gray. I, I fully admit it looks terrible, and I don't care. It allows me to do this. A pandemic allows me to do this. Yes, I never does. have the chance to do this, so I'm doing it. Do you feel differently with the beard? Not really. A uh, little sloppy. Yeah, a little sloppy. I probably shouldn't do it, but I don't really care. You know, I mean, so yeah, I, I feel a little different. I think if I got a haircut and shaved, I would feel better about myself, maybe. <laughs> but I'm going to just let it rip. I'm not sure when I'm going to shave. I'm not sure yet. I have to do a town hall meeting on Wednesday, um, and I may do it. I may have to shave for that just to be presentable. Who are you doing it with? I I knew you're going to ask that. Thanks Darn a lot, Randy. Sorry. And I know Brian Jordan is a part of it. That's all we need to know. I'm not sure who the other one is. I, I know there's another player a part of it. But I'm just not sure who it is. There are many human beings that are nicer than Brian Jordan. He's awesome. What a great person he is. I'll tell you what, uh, the the hit that he put on Gary Bennett, Gary, I think, was catching for either the Dodgers or the Padres, and there was a collision at home plate, and I went to fantasy camp and asked them about that collision where Gary is the catcher, obviously, and Brian is lining him up as the base runner, and it's one of the most vicious collisions at home plate that does not get talked about. Gary suffered an injury from that uh, collision, and I wanted to do kind of a feature on it. And I figured those and those two are two of the nicest people, and by the way, they're friends. Um, and I figured they had talked about that before. They had never, ever talked about wow. it, nor do they talk about it. And so I had brought it up, and I said, well, you guys talk about it. I said, no, 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 we, we really don't want to talk about wow. it. And I said, okay, you know, I, I understand. And they said, no, we, we really don't want to get into it. And so they didn't. Um, but they will talk about each other, but did not want to talk about the collision. Do you think and it was because nasty. Bennett might think it was a dirty hit? I don't think so. I think they both felt it was clean. It was just vicious, man. Mm-hmm. It was it was, it was, was nasty. I mean, it was an NFL player lining up a guy that was that's, just sitting there. You know, That's the thing. And Brian was the quintessential hard-hitting safety. Oh, my goodness. And if you have you seen the hit? 
Have you guys seen the hit? Mm-mm. I don't remember oh, it. Oh, it's on YouTube. I mean, it's it's vicious. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's like take your breath away, kind of like don't want to watch that crash again. Do you remember when Jack Clark got uh, Sosha in yeah. L.A.? Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, they Sosha had to leave the game, and he's a big, tough guy. Absolutely. Yeah. And was concussed, and they take him back to the training room at Dodger Stadium. Yeah, what did he say? He, he, he wakes up, and they said, uh, Mike, where are you? And he said, Houston. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no clue. I mean, the one that always I think people remember in St. Louis is Langford and Dalton. Right. I mean, that's the one that's that stands out that's awesome. And Langford gets up and kind of fist bump and, or, or, you know, just throwing his fist in the air mm-hmm. and it, it wins the game. And Dalton's on the ground. It's a yard sale. And it's kind of the play, in my mind, for Ray Langford that defines his Cardinal career. I'm with you. I, even though he had all the home runs at Bush Stadium, too, the all-time leader in home runs, I, I think that's the play that people remember with Ray Lang- I could be wrong, but I think that's the one no, that I, people remember. I think remember. that's the, his defining play. I do, too. Yeah. Tough player, great player, and kind of cool seeing him in Long Gone Summer last night, too. A lot of guys I saw in that uh, that uh, documentary that, that brought back some memories for me. J.D. Drew being a part of that, mm-hmm. too, that people forget. And Gary Gaetti, who you guys had on last week, and some others that... I had forgotten that we're part. That's the part that I liked about the documentary. I didn't think it was earth shattering with some of the things that was in it. It was just kind of a walk down memory lane. But seeing some of the the, the players and uh, the reactions of the home runs, it was kind of cool. That part of it was kind of a a part of it that I I liked. I liked looking at the reaction of the dugout when he was hitting home runs. Like Duncan would mm-hmm. take off his glasses. Like, are you kidding me? He's done it again. <laughs> that's the stuff I kind of liked of watching that again that I'd forgotten. Yeah, and you know what was interesting? It was a weird dynamic because, as McGuire told us, he said, I I really was embarrassed that I was getting all of the attention. And I think that did bother other players. I know that bothered other players. But that being said, he was a great teammate to those guys. So they whether they thought that he was... Uh, an attention hog or not, offended by the fact that he did get all of the attention, he really did take care of them in many, many ways, whether it was with memorabilia or taking the team out for dinners. He was uh, with his teammates and with the people around the ball club. He was really good. Well, I think at some point, and I did talk to him about this, even though the attention was on him, not to say that he embraced it. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but he did understand the importance of the Mm -hmm. chase and the importance of what it meant to baseball and sports at that time uh, in, in, in where baseball was in the country. I mean, it was the only game in town, so to speak. There was no football going on um, because we're still waiting for the pro game to get going. And, and you know, the middle of the summer, man, it was it. Was it. And Sosa McGuire, everybody was talking about it and it was ramping up. And Sosa had, what, 20 home runs in June, I guess it mm-hmm. was. And, and that's what everybody was talking about. And I think because of the buildup of, of the end of 97, and then he's healthy going into 98, which was the key, people yep. were talking about what this might be and what this summer could be. And you have to remember, too, the emotions of when he signed the contract and the tears that were flowing, and he had donated money. Who remember asked the question? Yeah, you did, and he, you made him cry. And I know I you loved it. You know, love to. You, you were Roy Firestone back then, Randy yeah. Carricker. That can make me cry, Roy. Um, <laughs> but you, you got him to cry, and and that happened. And and I think that was part of it too. Like you know, he started to embrace that a little bit and understand his role because coming from Oakland, being a Southern California guy. 
and he just kind of mixed in there. It was a different animal here in a baseball town. I think he started to understand it was just going to be different. And not to say that he wanted to be the center of attention, but understood the role that that, yeah. that he played in it. And I loved the description that he and the look on his face when he gets the first standing ovation and then DeWitt says, then the second time he comes up and the the other standing ovation. Right. That was just so Cardinal Nation. He yeah. was two for 28 and they yeah. gave him a standing ovation. <laughs> right. It's the peak St. Louis. It is. <laughs> what did you guys think of the documentary, though? Did you like it? I, I thought it was good. You know, it was interesting having talked to so many different people leading up to it. I felt like some of the stories that we had already heard on our airwaves were in the documentary. So that's yeah. why it kind of felt like, oh, you know, Mark had shared that story with us about how he and the final two games was done mm-hmm. and how Tony had to talk him into that. So I thought there was a lot of things that we had already heard. But, you know, it just made me really, really miss baseball. Yeah. Really, really miss baseball. I, I, I took away the crowd. Yeah. That's the thing I took yeah. away, that if we were in a normal baseball season, I would have just said, well, that was cool, kind of a walk down memory lane. I, but now that we are missing sports, generally speaking, and seeing the reaction of the fans, and they're on literally on top of each other, mm-hmm. I took away missing a crowd. Yep. And mm-hmm. I watched a golf event yesterday with no crowd. Mm-hmm. And so seeing the crowd, seeing the reaction, seeing people come together, um, you miss it. And that's kind of what I took away from watching that yesterday. How about you? Yeah, I I really think that timing didn't work in this documentary's favor. I think if we see this first before Last Dance and the Lance Armstrong. Good point. We I agree. probably are sitting here saying, well, that was really great. But Last Dance was so well done and Armstrong was so compelling and honest I mean, you couldn't have been more different, Sosa and McGuire and then Armstrong, right? Sure. Saying, I, I took them. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They didn't touch upon that until the very, very mm-hmm. end. And that's what I kind of want to see out of these documentaries. Tell me something I don't know. Right. Um, and, and I was asked by BK and Rivs when they said that this was going to be moved up a, a few weeks ago, what do, what do you want to see out of it? And I said, I want to see what Major League Baseball knew about the steroid era. When did they know about it, and and what did they know about it? And we really didn't get that. And I'm not the morality police. I don't think anybody should be. But I did want to know what did they know about it, um, because I think it's important to to look back on it and and try to learn from it. Um, and we didn't know about it. And to Mark's credit, he he has addressed it and come out yep. and come clean to it. And that is a hard thing to do. And I, I thought the one thing that he said is, I still live with it today and still have to deal with it today. And he'll always have to deal with it. And that is not an easy thing to do at all. As he told us, he still believes in his heart of hearts that 70 was absolutely legitimate and that steroids didn't have anything to do with it. Well, let's be honest. Let's be realistic here. I I mean, come on. I mean, if you're... I first of all, he had a swing that allowed him to get lift on the ball, put back swing on the ball, uh, or you know get the the spin on the ball. Um, but uh, but let's be honest here. He was a behemoth. He was huge. He was strong. He had incredible, incredible bat speed. Okay, so let's be honest. I mean, he he was going to hit home runs. But I I don't want to hear anybody tell me whether it's Bonds, Sosa, McGuire, Palmero, anybody that took steroids that it didn't help. It helps. It helps. It, it, it's, 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 it helps. I if mean, it how didn't can you help, say it doesn't help? You wouldn't be doing it. Yes. So <laughs> you can't say that. I don't want to use steroids because I have a pretty substantial hat collection, like 200 hats. I don't want to have to replace all of them because I have a larger head. Oh, and, and here's the thing. I mean, Mark was a great hitter. 
a great hitter, mm-hmm. and learned the strike zone and learned his body in terms of what he could do inside the strike zone and what he could do with a particular pitch. But to sit there and say that steroids or an enhancer, human growth horm- hormone or whatever, doesn't help, that that's not realistic. It does help. It, it I mean, that's just... That's just being honest. We are going to get you ready for Scoops with Danny Mac next on 101 ESPN. We are right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Scoops with Danny Mac coming up here on 101 ESPN. Dan is the veteran play-by-play man for Cardinal Baseball. Oh, boy. Did you ever uh, partake of the chili in the visitor's clubhouse at Candlestick? Oh, Yeah. I saw some things move out of that. That's what, what I heard. Doug, Doug told the story one time. That one time, I, I guess it was, because the Cardinals only go there once. It, it must have been a Western Division guy who was there in April, and then the schedule had him going back to San Francisco in uh, September. And apparently, the chili actually tasted pretty good, right? Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, (laughs) so a guy, and I don't even remember who the player was, but Dunk told the story, Chris Duncan, of a player putting a golf ball in the chilly, big pot, chilly pot in April and then coming back in September and scooping the golf ball out in September. Uh, Well, I can tell you when we used to go to the old uh, ballpark in Milwaukee um, uh, County Stadium. There, it was so disgusting in the media room. Of they would put the uh, the bratwurst on there, and I thought that those things would move off really? the uh, off the grill. And those should be Wisconsin bratwurst should be the best in the league. Well, they should be. They yeah. Should be yeah. yeah, yeah. But the grease there, I mean, year after year, oh, it was up. the same grease that oh. was there on the turn. And there, there was it was interesting too. Remember Ed at the at Bush Stadium. Mm-hmm. Ed uh, Ed would hang over the the hot dogs at Bush Stadium and with a cigarette with an ash yeah. that was a couple inches long and you were just trying to get the hot dog before the ash fell on your hot dog. <laughs> there was that was always interesting too. Yeah, there's there's some some interesting stories about trying to get your food at the ballpark. So that's when I just decided to bring salad every once in a while, <laughs> just to stay safe. Good you know? idea. Things have changed though. There there are there's some media rooms that you're like, hey. It's pretty good, and then there's some other ones you're like, yeah, I'll, I think I'll, I'll bring a bag of lunch, you know. And one of the reasons that a lot no. of us wound up getting into media long term is because of free food, which doesn't exist anymore. No, 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 no. You, 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 you got to pay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this. You know, so that's there's there's some owners the that are losing biblical proportions, so you that's gotta, right. that's right. got to make sure to pay. Oh yeah, it's going to be right. more than the seven bucks. Yeah, that's you, for sure. You don't want to make yeah. sure. To, you got to put money in the coffers. Yeah. So my prediction, Danny Mac, is this. The hockey people are already saying that they're going to start training camp on July 10th. I'm predicting the spring training starts on July 10th. We do a three-week spring training and start right around the first week in August, play two months, a couple of days off for the players, and then start the playoffs and get them done by the end of October. So then you're done by the end of September with regular season, get you, so then no expanded playoffs. Right. So because that won't be, this is going to be the implemented schedule. And they, I'm thinking about 54 games. Here's, well, that's one way, and I'll throw this one at you. How about if the owners are going to give a little bit so that the future negotiations could be a little softer? That'd be better. Mm-hmm. To make it a little bit easier so that we can have baseball in 2022 and beyond, 
Um, I still go back to full salary, prorated salaries for the players. Uh, you get to 72 games roughly and full salary prorated. And let's say 20 games or so are, are going to be deferred over a two-year period. And that'll be paid because owners will expand. That'd be great, but I think you need to get that done today or tomorrow. Probably. Right? Because you would need to start spring training. I think training. you could do it, though. Yeah, to get 72 games in and finish your season before October. You talk about an olive branch, though. That would yeah. be it. Yeah. So you'd have to start your season in mid-July. Fine. So I guess you still have some time there. Now, I, I'm... Do, I, I'm very with, hopeful yeah. that that would happen. Now, reading the tea leaves, it doesn't seem like either side is going to give no. one bit. No. But you'd have to. The reason I say today or tomorrow is because then you'd start spring training basically on June 22nd, 23rd, 24th. That'd give you a three week spring training leading up to mid July and give you two and a half months to get those 72 games in. Now, guys, here's my biggest concern is that we, we see this bickering and fighting, and I believe me, nobody wants to hear it because everywhere I go, I, I'm telling you, man, it's not even about baseball anymore that people are talking to me about it. It's people are just sick of hearing about the money. I mean, mm-hmm. I was at a place last night, and people are just like, I'm done. I, I don't want to hear about it. I am so sick of it. And, um, and, and we may get to where the owners slam it down the players' throats, which is probably going to happen. Um, and one way or another, we're going to have a season and a schedule. And, and it may not even be able to get pulled off. You yeah. know, and you're going to have all this bad PR. It, it's going to be very tough for all these leagues to even pull this thing off logistically, especially baseball, if you're not in a bubble and trying to go to all these different cities and municipalities with the CDC guidelines to get this thing done. It's going to be very, very hard to do. Very hard to do. I mean, you start looking at the guidelines and what's been issued by Major League Baseball to make it work for the Players Association um, for what they're trying to do for the health concerns. I'm telling you, man, it's going to be tough to do. It really is. And and it's not – I've been saying it from day one since I started doing this show and even talking with you guys. It's not as easy as just rolling the ball out and saying, well, here we go. And you're also – and this is no disrespect to the players. This is in every walk of life. You're also just counting on young men being responsible. And yeah. are we are we as general – just general society, are we being responsible? I mean, we're opening up cities across the country. Is everybody being responsible? I'm not seeing it everywhere I go. Um, Me either.